Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club special edition. You know, our goal here is to share our passion for elite running and offer some tips to make your running better than ever. And we do that uniquely by sharing the views of a certified coach and an athlete. I am your host, Coach Dean Thompson, and joining me today is my favorite running conversation partner, and that is, of course, Co Booker. How's it going, Co? It's going good. Uh, it- we've had a little bit warmer weather up here than than we had the last couple of weeks, so it's been in the mid thirties all week. It's been really nice to run, so that that's been a blessing. But yeah, a lot of people hear that and they go, "Mid thirties? That's not good." What are you <laughs> talking about? But uh, yeah, when you're when you've when you've been around zero. Um, yeah. 30s feels great. <laughs> yeah, it was about 10 degrees uh, for my long run last week. So, I mean, that wasn't even counting the wind chill. It was brutal when I was back into the wind. I got like a headache. It was like a brain freeze, but, you know, I wasn't drinking anything cold. So, <laughs> well, well, believe it or not, my last long run last Saturday, it was 14 oh, here. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And I was like, but you know what I did? I ran point to point. So this is a good tip for people. Um, if you run with the wind, wherever you're going point to point, um, uh, and most of my run, I had a, a few times where I had to go into the wind, but not too much. And so that helped a lot, a lot. That's the worst part about when it's cold, right? Is that, yeah. that wind? Yep. Well, as I said in the opening, you know, we, we plan to share our thoughts about professional running scene and, and, and the people that are involved in it. Today, we're going to talk about the upcoming Olympic marathon trials. And um, that's just something we get pretty jacked up about. I think it's a lot of fun to talk about and speculate. And it's just like anything else. You know, a lot of people are football fans and they like to get fired up. You know, people are talking about the the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens right now. Well, in my opinion, I would much rather talk <laughs> about Connor Mance versus Galen Rupp. So, uh uh, in addition, we're going to talk about some other major running topic related to running each week. So this week, we're going to talk about running in the cold. We've already done that a little bit. We touched on it. But uh, since most of the country has kind of recently gone through some pretty cold temperatures, I thought that might be a good topic for us to talk about. So maybe you can pick up a thing or two. Maybe you know it all. That's fine, too. Um, but uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. If you have some ideas at Dean at runforgod.com, we'd love to hear what you want to hear. So, um, running in the cold may not be your thing this week, but next week, maybe the thing that you want to hear about is going to be next week. So, um, and we want to share each of our particular perspectives on these things uh, as we go. You know, I've coached at many levels, including collegiately. So I want to share how I look at things through that coaching lens. And then Co is going to share what he thinks about those things from an athlete perspective. And uh, and then, of course, we come from two different generations. You know, I'm 58 years old and a competitive ma- master's athlete. Um, so I grew up in the 80s when things were a lot different. <laughs> And uh, Co was was an athlete. Well, he, college athlete last year. Um, yep. He's a guy that that I coached in, in high school not not too too long ago. Um, so obviously, unfortunately, he's younger than my kids. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it's a good combination, right? To hear different sides of an issue. So this week, let's talk about the Olympic Trials Marathon. Well, first of all, you know, the, the qualifying standards for the U.S. marathon, if you don't know, the qualifying standards for the marathon trials is 218. So there'll be a lot of guys in there that barely made it into that U.S. marathon trials. I think there's, 
well, there are roughly a hundred guys or so, maybe a little less than that. I think that, that are running. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. And, um, and then two thirty seven for the women, um, the men could also qualify by running a sub one Oh three half marathon. That's a lot tougher than a two eighteen marathon. Yeah. And women could do the same with a sub one twelve half marathon. So we do have a few people in the race every year, every Olympic trials. We have some that have never run a marathon before and we'll have some in this one. Um, some big names as a matter of fact. Um, but then the qualifying standards for the Olympics is far more complex. So, um, in short, here's the way it works. Your country has to have somebody do one of the following things in order to get to the marathon in Paris. You have to have somebody who placed in the top five of a world major marathon, and those are are spelled out. You have to have run a marathon under 208.10. And of course, the United States has two guys that have done that. And so the United States has unlocked two spots. And then you have, or and for the women, it's 226.50. We've had more than three women run under 226.50, so we're in good shape on the women's side. We've unlocked all three spots. Um, or you can be in the top 65 in the world rankings in the marathon um, with a limit of three athletes per country. So in other words, if you're ranked number 67, obviously there's going to be more than three guys from Kenya in that on that list. And so you're probably in. At, at 67. We don't know how deep that list is going to go. Right now, Scott Fauble is kind of on the bubble as far as that goes. So, um, But you also have to have run under 211.30 for the men and 229.30 for the women in order to, uh, in, in order to get there. So um, I think that the fact that only two uh, places are unlocked for the men is going to have some impact on how this race is run, don't you think? Yeah. Um- I think there's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how the guys who like Connor Mance and uh, Fobble and um, Clayton Young respond, because there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to go out hard um, and you never, yeah. you don't know what the weather is going to be like in Orlando. It could be really hot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if I find it hard to believe that Mance would let the field go without him. I think no matter what, he's going to try and win. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he responds to it. If he thinks, okay, I just need to be in the top three. I don't have to win. So I'm going to, I'm going to run casually and just make sure I'm in the top three and we'll see where the chips fall. But yeah, I, I think you're probably right right now. I mean, you never know weather changes so much, but right now, according to the long range forecast, they're talking about mid fifties to high sixties, uh, for that morning. And if that happens, we got a chance at somebody running sub two of yeah. eight, 10, I'd say. So uh, that would be great if we could unlock that third spot by <laughs> yeah. fast marathon trials for yep. sure. And you, you're almost guaranteed, don't you think, that one of those guys, somebody who is on that secondary, second tier is going to go out hard, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Uh, CJ Albertson is yeah. who's going to go out hard. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, one of the controversial things about the – the marathon this year is that um, it was originally scheduled for noon. Athletes got worked up about it. They moved it back to 10 a.m. The athletes were asking for more like 6 a.m. <laughs> and they moved it back to 10 a.m. Obviously, you know, they want to they want to put something out that can be watched on television so they can capitalize on all of that. I get that. Uh, but man, having lived in Florida when I was younger, I can tell you the difference between 10 a.m. and noon is almost nothing in Florida. Because once the sun comes up, if it's going to be a warm day, once the sun comes up, you're toast. It's going to be tough. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it'll, it'll be fun to watch, I think. The weather will play a factor for sure. 
So let's yeah. talk about the favorites. Let's start with the men. And uh, we'll just kind of go through these. You know, Galen Rupp, uh, you know, he's kind of running royalty as far as we go in our country. Uh, but he's 37 years old. So he's looking to make his third consecutive uh, Olympic marathon uh, crew. Um, he did get a bronze in Rio. So he's the last person to medal for the United States in a in an Olympics. Um, was he the first one since Shorter to do that? Or did, did Meb get a medal? I think Meb just finished just outside the medals, didn't he? Yeah, I'm I don't think sure. Meb got a yeah. world medal. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it seems like Galen hasn't been up to his best ever since he left Salazar, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been different with Mike Smith. Um, I don't even know where he's, I think he's living in Oregon currently, right? Um, and I'm I don't not know sure if he, where he's living. I don't know if he has a training group. It's just been kind of up and down. I mean, I mean, he's kind of been this way for a while but it seems like either he's gonna have a great day or he's gonna dnf um it was the opposite in houston he ran the houston half recently and it didn't go well at all he ran 62 mid i think it was yeah. 13th and you know for a guy of his stature he shouldn't be getting beat by 13 guys at the, the houston half um and so and he was really, running hard that day you could tell yeah yeah it wasn't i don't think it was just a workout for him it didn't didn't appear that way um so i it'll be interesting to see i think i think you'll probably know before the half point if he if he's up to it or not um yeah you're probably right i think you'll see it early in but yeah i think he uh uh i, I think that mid to 102 was about as slow as he could possibly run and still give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for this this race coming up <laughs> yeah so yeah if he'd run any slower than that it'd been like oh, i'm counting him out yeah but uh yeah well i think the next one that, that i that we would talk about is connor mance you know, Connor Mance, the BYU graduate, won two uh, cross-country titles with BYU. Um, he's young. He's still he's still figuring out the marathon. I mean, he's got a way to go. I don't know that there's anybody that's any grittier um, in, in the race. I mean, the guy is just, he's so gritty, right? Yeah, and he beat time. Rupp in Chicago recently, so. Yeah, he beat Rupp by, I think, almost a minute in Chicago. He ran 207. Uh, I believe he was eighth in Chicago. So eighth at a World Marathon major in Chicago was a stacked field this year. He yep. looks to looks to be the favorite, um, at least the best hope for a medal on the U.S. men's side. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think he has to be the favorite for sure. But not to be outdone, he does have a training partner, and that training partner is really good too. Um, he also beat Rupp in um, in Chicago. Um, he is also a BYU graduate, um, and he trains with Mance. Um, again, another gritty guy. I mean, there there there's a lot of similarities between the two. I think Mance is clearly uh, better than him, um, but he wasn't far behind Mance in Chicago, right? And there's a there's a history of training partners doing well at the at the Olympic Trials Marathon, um, especially on the women's side. We we've seen some you know some training partners that they kind of key off each other and run well together. And I think those two guys are going to help each other out, don't you think? Yeah, I mean Ed Eyestone is always cooking something up in Provo. He's always got a great college team. He's always got a great pro team around him. Um, and I, I mean, if these guys want to just run from the front and work together like they do in workouts, they'll run away from the field. So yeah, I remember when Ed Eyestone was the guy we were looking at running. Yeah, <laughs> he's been around a long time. The next guy, uh, Scott Fobble. Scott Fobble's been around a long time. He's run some pretty good fast times. He always seems to be this close, you know, and he just can't seem to get there. I don't know what it is with with Scott Fobble. Um, but he does seem to be in great shape right now, doesn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's he's peaking at the right time. Um, I, I remember back when he ran a few years ago, 208 at Boston, and everyone's head exploded because it was like the first time anyone had run that fast in a while. Um, and he's always, he's, yeah, he's like you said, he's been there for forever. He's always so close. Um, I really want him to make the team. I, 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 I yeah. can't help but root for him. I like everything he does in the media. His personality seems to shine through, and yeah, I hope he has a good day. Yeah, well, and I think if the conditions are tough, if it does get really hot, I think he's got a really good shot because yeah. cause he's he's pretty tough in, in the heat. Uh, the next one that I think is is a pretty good, um, pretty solid guy is Futsum Zenasalasi. I can't even remember. I, I, I don't even know how to say his last name. <laughs> um, but I put him next because, he, you know, he ran 209 in, at Rotterdam in the spring. Um, he trains with NAZ Elite in um, – Flagstaff, um, he's certainly got got some real talent. He's a young guy. He's up and come. He's still again another guy trying to still still figuring it out. Looks like he's got a lot of upside. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't even off the top of my head recall who's the coach at NAZ Elite anymore. It was forever. I mean, you had Cruz Culpepper, and then before him, you had uh, uh, why am I blaming? He was there. He's still with the organization, but he's not the coach anymore. Um, yeah, and I can't remember who you're talking about. Yeah, now. I don't know why I'm, I'm so bad with names. Yeah, but uh, I yeah, um, I mean, NAZ Elite has always done really well at big marathons. They always show up on the right day. So, I mean, I could see him making it. Yeah. Well, the other guy, uh, Zach Panning, you know, he runs for Hanson Brooks. Hanson Brooks has had a habit of having runners do well at the Olympic trials. Um, he's running well now. He's run under 210. He's in really good shape. Um, what do you think of Zach Panning? Yeah, I, I really like Zach Panning. Um, he ran really well with that test event that they put on in Orlando a few weeks ago. Um, I don't think many people are giving him the give him the props he, he deserves. And I mean, he was 12th at the World Champs Marathon in Budapest. So I think he's got a, a really great shot. I think he's in really good shape and it'll be exciting to see him run. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then there's CJ Albertson. You gotta love CJ Albertson. He's the guy that led for 20 miles at Boston a couple of years ago. Um, you know, if you're not rooting for that guy, uh, I'm, I don't want anything to do with you. I mean, <laughs> he's just, I love a guy that is willing to put himself out there and do crazy stuff. He's run a two, what, 209 marathon on a treadmill. That's yeah. I think that's about right. He's yeah. Run, what? Three, two tens this year. Something like that. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like he can run, he can run a two ten, two eleven in his sleep, but he can't run a, he hasn't run a whole lot faster than that. So you yeah. keep thinking maybe he's going to break through at some point. So crazy, crazy Strava, uh, guy, some of the stuff that he's done. Right. Um, and then you got Paul Tolimo, which we just learned about, right? Um, he's been talking about, he, he may do it. He may do it. And I really thought, oh, he's just, he's just kind of built, keeping his name out there. Right. Yeah. I really didn't think he was going to do yeah. it. Yeah. And then he announced that he is going to be there. So man, that's pretty exciting. Don't you think? Yeah. I'm, as we talked before this, um, the last time we had a, a stud debut their marathon at the Olympic trials, it was Molly Seidel who went on to get bronze in Tokyo. So it'll be. I mean, I th you can't count him out. I think he's going to go for it like he always does. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Another another tough guy. So uh, yep. Yep. it sh should be interesting for sure. Just some of the other names. I, I like uh, B.S. Sambasa. Um, you know, he's, again, another young guy who has run a really fast half marathon. Hasn't run the best. You know, he's run 210. He's run well, but he hasn't run the best marathon. But um, I see him as a guy, he's, he's definitely a dark horse. I think could do well. Um, 
And then there's, uh, you know, Sammy Chalonga. You know, he's 38 now, but gosh, you just, you never can count that guy out, right? If he has a big day. So, uh, those are the guys I see. I, I, I guess, you know, there's a few more names out there. Who, who are you, you got any that I haven't mentioned? Uh, I mean, I think Jared Ward is always there. He's been there for forever. Another one of those NAZ elite guys has just been around for, for quite a while. Um, I think Reed Smartest Fisher. Smartest marathoner. Yeah, Reed, Reed, Reed Fisher's a really gritty guy. I mean, he's had a tough year, um, but he's been racing well. So it'll be exciting to see what he can do. Um, yeah. Well, there's some other names out there, you know, Cabet, uh, Career, Mekinen, Parker Stinson. Um, there, there's Abdi Abdi Rahman's going to be, what is he, 46 now or something like that? Yeah, and he's, he's up there. still among the elite. Uh, he's my hero. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, We'll we'll come down to our predictions here in a little bit, but let's talk about the women. Um, I I think that the women's race is a little more intriguing because I feel like there's there's about five guys on the men's side who are likely to take those three spots, and you know, yes, yeah, somebody outside that could do it, but I I just feel like the the women's a little more open on the back end. Um, Emily Sisson, you know, she's the American record holder. I think she's the favorite going in. Um, I think it's impossible. I don't know how you keep her off the team. Cause I just, I feel like it, it would take her just crashing and burning not to finish in the top three. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, she seems like she's a, a league ahead of everyone else in the field at this point. Um, I, she would be someone I would think maybe she just sits with whoever is, you know, leading and waits for two miles to go and takes the win. Um, I think kind that of would the be Connor the, Mance on the, like the Connor Mance on the guy side. Yeah, yeah, yeah side. exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. And the women don't have to worry about running a fast marathon. So that makes their, their strategy a little bit different. Yeah. Um, no, no reason for anybody to go out there and, and, and just redline it from the beginning. Yep. Although somebody could, uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's no reason to, uh, Kira D'Amato, you know, was the American record holder for the half marathon up until what the last, last week, uh, two weeks ago, I guess it was Wani Kalati, um, broke her record, but, uh, you know, she's been top 10 at the world championships. Um, She's got a pretty good shot. She's yeah, done well in the past. Yeah, she was part of that crew that ran really well in Eugene, the World Marathon there. Um, her story is awesome, how she just kind of came into pro running later than a lot of people would have, and she's been running really well. I think she's another one that's going to be hard to see her off the team. Yeah, she's one of those who came out of nowhere, but then when you look at it, it wasn't really out of nowhere, but it <laughs> felt like it was out of nowhere. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, Molly Seidel. Uh, she, she was second in the last trials. Um, and that was her first marathon when she finished second in the last, uh, trials and she won bronze in the, in, in Tokyo. Um, I mean, and the conditions were hot too. I mean, that's notable, uh, considering what we're up against here. Um, she's obviously a tough racer. Um, she could give Emily Sisson a run for her money. I think, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, um, I think she's got a really good shot. Uh, she had a she, last year. She struggled a lot. She had some injuries, and then I know she was trying to get a TUE for Adderall. And I don't, I don't ever remember how that played out. If she ended up getting it, or she's gotten off it, or what. Um, but she PR'd in Chicago uh, back a few months ago, and she looks really good. So I mean, yeah, another one yeah. where it's hard. Yeah, Betsy Sena. Um, you know, she she is a, a Kenyan who became an American citizen. She ran really well in Tokyo in March. She ran 221. Um, they say she's in fantastic shape right now. She's got a ton of talent. She's a little bit unproven, but man, I really like Betsy Sena. I think she's got a shot. What do you say? 
Yeah, um, I think she's going to be up there with them. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like you said, um, there's not a whole lot of experience in, in a huge race. Um, so when all the pressure's there, it'll be cool to see how she responds. Yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite runner on either side is Sarah Hall. And uh, she's, as, she's as gritty as they come, first of all. She's also 40 years old. Um, and she's working. This is her eighth Olympic trials. Isn't that crazy? I yeah. think it's her sixth marathon Olympic yep. trials. Wow. So um, she's been around for forever. But, you know, she's had, I think she said she's had eight months of uninterrupted training. She hasn't missed a run in eight months. I mean, that is, for somebody who's 40 years old, that's amazing. Nobody's going to be smarter or grittier than Sarah Hall out there. Um, and so I don't know if she's still got enough, but, man, I would love to see her do it. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. women are so deep right now. It's going to be hard to see somebody come in and and steal a spot. It almost feels like, which it's crazy to say. It feels like Sarah Hall would have to steal a spot. But with how deep it is, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at the next level, folks, you got uh, Kellen Taylor. Um, you know, she, she has looked good and better um, <laughs> each time I see her. You're yeah. laughing. Yeah, I was like, gonna, she, she smoked me at the big seven miler this summer. So um, <laughs> she's got, I think she's got a good chance. <laughs> uh, uh, Dakota Lindworm, I don't know that much about her, uh, but she seems to get better every race. She ran 224 in Chicago in October. She's won 109 for the half. Um, she's got a good shot at uh, maybe a, being a big surprise, I think. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of people aren't looking to. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's looking at her. Lindsey Flanagan. Um, uh, you know, another one, I don't think she's as big a surprise as, as Dakota would be, but she would be a, a, a fairly, fairly good surprise as well. And then there's a number of folks that are, they're just good runners. And I mean, you got names like Des Linden, Alephine Tuliamuk, uh, Molly Huddle, Jenny Simpson's running, Natasha Rogers, um, Emily Durgan, Nell Rojas. There's so many good runners on the women's side. Who Do you see any of those maybe coming out of that group and, and challenging those those big names? I feel like Alphine has the best chance. I mean, she's the most dec decorated of the, of the next crew, um, maybe other than Des Linden. Um, but I, I think Des is a little probably past that point. Um, but it's still exciting that she's getting out there and racing. Um, but yeah, I think Alfie's probably going to be there for a while. Yeah, Des may be my second favorite runner of all the runners on either either yeah. of these lists. I yeah. I just watching her run that Boston Marathon back in whatever year it was that she finished second. Man, she tried so hard to to yeah. to hang with them. Oh, that was such a man. That was a great great one yeah. to watch. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's talk about our official picks. You want to share your official picks? Who do you think on the guys' side is gonna? What do you think? What are you What are you predicting? I think my my pick here is probably going to be less than the average one. I'm taking Mance up top, and then I'm taking Fobble for second, and I'm going to call Panning for third. Um, All right. I'm going to go in a little bit out of the box, but uh, I, I mean, there's there's six or seven guys I could see making the team, but yeah. I like the, I like the picks though. I like yeah. the picks. I'm going to go with Mance um, to win it. I'm going to go with Galen Rupp to just his experience to to get him to get him there. Uh, and then I'm gonna go with Clayton Young, the the training partner of Connor Mance. Uh, I just I think Connor is gonna pull him along. Uh, so we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if Fobble or Zena Zena Selassie 
um, or panning um, do well. Those those in particular, I would love to see C.J. Albertson in there. <laughs> yeah, me too. I want to see him crack under two ten. Yeah, yeah, that uh, would be great. That would be great. What what about the women's side? Yeah, I think this is probably a more traditional pick. I'm taking Emily Sisson, Kira D'Amato, and Molly Seidel on the women's side. All right. Well, we're 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 uh very similar on that one. Uh, only I, I've got Betsy Sena in there instead of Kiera D'Amato. That wouldn't surprise me if Kiera D'Amato was in there, or even uh, I think Kellen Taylor um, could run well as well. And Sarah Hall is gonna probably gonna run well. She's either gonna run well or she's gonna, she's gonna drop out. She's gonna a little bit like like Rupp. Yeah, uh, you know she knows this is this is her last chance, and yep. she's gonna go for it. And she's feeling pretty good right now so uh it would not surprise me to see sarah hall uh with the upset there so we'll see if there's uh if 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 there's a what if there do you have anybody that's way outside the ones we talked about that you think might have a shot who who would be that person that if they won you'd be like ah that yeah that i knew they were uh way outside of the favorites but I feel anybody? like it, it'd have to be Chalimo on the men's side. I mean, yeah. um, just want to, I mean, you know, who knows what he's going to do, but um, I think he's a guy that just announcing this morning on, you know, the 26th of January, a couple, like what, a week out from the race, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it it'll be interesting to see, but. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. What about the women? Oh, uh, if I had to pick someone, um, maybe Nell Rojas. I mean, I think she's, she's looking strong, running well. Um, yeah. 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 I'd go with Emily Durgan, but. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. a little bit about running in the cold so um you know what you know what i like best about running in the cold the sidewalks are less crowded (laughs) but here's the thing about that there's no reason for that right there's no reason why people shouldn't be out running in the cold i just i don't get it um now if you like the treadmill i guess that's fine but man not me (laughs) no it's rough it's rough yeah yeah um i know from a coaching standpoint um, I look at the guy, we do things differently in the cold. And I know that athletes may think I'm trying to hurry things along for my benefit. Cause I don't want to stand out there in the cold, but really you don't want people standing around at all. So that's one of the things that's different about running in the cold, right? Is, is not standing around and making sure when you get through, get inside, get dry, get warm. Right. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, as far as workouts go, I, when I'm doing workouts in the cold, I'm trying, I'm looking at maybe doing jogging rest rather than standing rest i mean yeah. um nothing crazy intense i mean it gets cold enough up here we've got indoor tracks so 
if we're doing like an intense you know mile pace or, or faster workout we'll take it inside but usually in the winter up here the only thing i'm doing outside is sometimes threshold and hills yeah yeah well one of the things you need to know about this i don't know if you've heard of the 20 degree rule the 20 degree rule is one where that says dress 20 degrees warmer than it is so in other words if it's 40 degrees outside dress like it's 60 degrees and that should be about right um that that's a good rule of thumb for you if um if you want to figure out how to dress because what we most of the time do we dress too warm and then we go out and we make the problem worse because we sweat so much and then we get wet and wet and cold is a terrible combination (laughs) so you'd much rather be cold for those first couple of miles um than, than to than to be wet after two miles yeah i think Gloves and hats. You wear gloves and hats. You like them? Don't yeah, like them? Yeah, uh, I've never found a day when it's been cold enough for me to have gloves on the entire time. Um, Is that even, right? Even my run last weekend when it was 10 degrees, I was maybe every half mile taking my gloves off and holding them so my the sweat would dissipate and then putting them back on. Um, so I, I don't know if that's just a me thing. I think my first couple winters up here, my hands always get brutally cold. So I don't know if it's just gotten used to it lately. But um, yeah, I, I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm a big hat guy, though. I had an athlete from Michigan at one time. She, she rarely wore gloves. Um, she, she just, she just didn't, didn't like them and they were a little too warm. I used to not like gloves unless it was, you know, at least in the twenties these days though, I wear gloves when it's sometimes when it's as, as warm as 50, oh, wow. uh, yeah. I, as the older I get, the harder it is to, so to stay warm. Two-way. And I will say this, if you are a, um, if you're if you're one of those who has a hard time with your hands, my uh, son has Raynaud's phenomenon. makes it makes keeping his hands really crucial and really hard. Um, the best thing you can do is get mittens. Mittens are so much warmer yep. than gloves are. So if you can find some mittens, that's that's uh, a good way to get your hands a little bit warmer if you suffer with that. Um, the one thing we don't often associate with cold. Um, you know, when we think about it being cold is that the days are also shorter when it's cold, right? Uh, especially up there where you're at, it's 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 dark even earlier than it is here. I guess up there, it's probably what? Before five o'clock. Uh, right now, it's getting, when, yeah. I mean, at the worst parts of the year, yeah. Um, yeah. I was excited. I started my run about 5.15 today and there was a little bit of sunlight. Um, it was gone <laughs> by about a mile, but uh, <laughs> it. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Um, it feels like you're just trudging through the dark for for a few months. So that means you got to have on some gear. Uh, find find something that's you know at least wear bright colors at the at yeah. a bare minimum. Yeah. If you can wear something reflective, if you you know a lot of shoes, a lot of a lot of gear has reflective stuff on it. Um, Knox gear, you know that that stuff is really bright. You can't miss somebody in that. That's yeah. a really good safe thing to do. So if you can do that, that's great. Um, depending on where you run, you know, some people like to run with headlamps or flashlights. Um, I I just, I don't want to run with anything on my head like that. And, um, I don't like carrying a flashlight. So I've never done that. But now if you were a trail runner, you wouldn't have any choice. I, yeah, I do headlamps depending on if I'm running here in town, um, I'll just run the sidewalks and I don't need a headlamp. But if I, if I'm going out on like on a trail or we've got some bike paths that aren't lit, um, I'll do a headlamp. I've noticed that I'll get sometimes like a mark on my forehead with a headlamp. So a lot of times I'll put a hat on over it and uh, then I don't really feel it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That's a good idea. Um, you know, I have run into a curb um, in the dark <laughs> in, yeah. in the early mornings because uh, I didn't have a, a flashlight. So, wow. 
What do you think of uh, like net gators and the you know the balaclavas that that cover up your whole face? Have you ever run into any, any of that? Uh, I did. I I did ran in something like that. I found a YouTube video talking about folding a shirt in kind of a balaclava, like a like a gator around your a ski mask type thing. Um, yeah. And I I had some success with that. It was I don't know two or three degrees, and I thought I'd try it out. Um, and I I liked it, so I might invest in one. I don't know. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I can't put anything on my face. I can't put anything over my nose and mouth. I, I that just I can't do it. I, I've yeah. tried it, and I just I don't like the way it feels. But uh, different str- different strokes for different folks. Shoes. Um, you know, a lot of people struggle with keeping their feet warm. That's never been a problem for me. Even if I get them wet uh, in the wintertime, my feet don't t- typically get uh, get cold, which is weird because my hands get cold so easy. Yeah, and my uh-huh. feet never get cold. So. Um, but obviously in the cold, if it, if there's snow and ice, you got to be worried about traction, um, different shoes. I was, I was going back and forth with somebody today that, um, they have some shoes that they're not good when the roads are wet. Um, obviously those are not good shoes for the wintertime. Um, because especially if you live up North, if you're, you know, cause the roads are wet all the time up there by you now. Yep. I mean, yep. right. So you, you need shoes that have good traction in, in the wet. Have you ever used yak tracks? I haven't. I have a lot of friends who do. Um, I've never felt the need. I think I've only slipped on ice once on a run, and that was my first winter up here. I I took a long stride over a snow pile, and I hit ice on the other side and just went sliding. Um, So I've learned don't take big jumps, you know, over snow piles. You don't know what's going to be on the other side. but Shorter strides. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the other thing, too. Now, when you you get out there and you get in in the – in the cold and you run and you sweat and when you get through it, it, like we said before, it's really important to get inside and get dry. Uh, I always, if I go, go somewhere to run, I always take dry clothes with me that, that, well, that's in the summer and the winter. I always take dry clothes so that when I get through, I can get dry right away. Um, cause that's important, especially when it's cold outside. Um, a good hot shower is really nice. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, don't forget to stay hydrated when you're in the cold too. We tend to forget about that, right? Because we think about it when we're hot because we're so thirsty when it's hot and we definitely need more when it's hot, but don't, you got to remember it last week. I ran, uh, I ran 16 miles. I didn't get a drink of water in that 16 miles. I just forgot about it. You know, I don't drink as much this well, time of yeah. year and I just forgot about it and went out without, without anything. I didn't, I didn't bring a goo with me, nothing for 16 miles. And, um, uh, it wasn't the best idea, <laughs> but I didn't realize it until I was a mile down the road. So, yeah. um, so here's a question. When is it too cold to run? What do you think? Uh, my cutoff is somewhere between zero and negative five, I think. Uh, okay. but yeah, it's different for everyone. What you're used to. I mean, when I was living down there, it probably would have been about 15 degrees maybe, but you yeah. know, um, it, it all depends. Yeah, that's and that's what the interesting thing, too. When you say you can't run in cold weather, listen to what Co just said, right? Because what you're saying is you've been able to get your brain wrapped around it being colder and handling it. Your body could handle it the whole time. Yeah. But now your brain can handle it as well. Brain and can so handle when you, it. I spent a little more money on nicer stuff, but. You know. Well, that, that helps. <laughs> too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, in order, a lot of people worry that I'm going to go out there in the cold and I'm going to damage my lungs. Well, in in order to damage your lungs, you have to get out there in some pretty harsh, cold weather, definitely in the negatives. Um, 
10, 10, 20 degrees, unless you have some medical condition. Now, if you have a medical condition, you know, you have problems with your lungs, you might have a problem with that. But for the most part, you shouldn't have any physical problems, um, you know, unless it's below zero, I would think. Uh, and a lot of people talk about their lungs hurting when they're cold and they get through and they start coughing and they think, oh my gosh, I'm hurting my lungs. You're not, you're not. I do that too. The first, you know, when it first turns cold, that first time I run out there in the cold, I start coughing. Do you do that? Uh, I don't experience, I experience a lot of the track hack, like the indoor track. They're so dry, but I don't really have coughing yeah. from it being cold on runs. You ever, did you see the, the Connor Mance workout from last week? Oh yeah. He was coughing a ton. <laughs> he, yeah. He got through and he was coughing his head off, you know, yeah. and, um, that, that's Connor Mance. So yeah. <laughs> and it was 26 degrees out. I think it was that yeah. day. So, um, well, and did you know this? Did you know that there is a perfect running temperature? They've done studies to figure out what's the perfect running temperature. And they have found that around 45 to 46 degrees seems to be that figure of what's because if if it's warmer than that then your body has to work to cool itself down and if it's colder than that then your body has to work to to warm itself up um so now you got to take into account the wind um as well but that's that's just a good rule of thumb there so something to think about so when you think it's 45 and you think oh it's gonna feel cold out there remember it's the perfect running temperature <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and you mentioned earlier, um, running tights, uh, you know, that's something that's because of course for women, that's kind of a standard. I've, I see women wearing, you know, running tights in the, in the summertime even, which yeah. I think is crazy, but, uh, but, but when do you wear running tights these days? Uh, I wear them probably more than most of the people I run with. I feel like if it's below 42 ish, 45, somewhere in there, I'll put them on. Um, but a lot of people I know don't wear them unless it's below freezing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like them for, I, I like them that cold as well. I'll wear, I've worn them a little bit warmer than that, but I find they're uncomfortable by the time I get three or four miles in. Yeah. Um, if, if it's too warm, but, uh, I remember when I was your age, I never wore anything on my legs ever. I mean, it, it would be zero and I'm not wearing anything wow. on my legs. Um, with the one exception when I was, uh, I think I was a freshman in college. We ran the junior Olympics national championships and there was 18 inches of snow on the ground and the wind chill was 60 below oh. and they didn't have anything. They didn't, they didn't have tights for men back then. So I wore pantyhose. Oh no. <laughs> wow. So you heard it here. I did that one time to try to keep my legs warm. Um, it worked, but man, that was a cold day. Wow. That was the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. That was yeah. terrible. I think I've run a cross race in about 12 degrees, but never that bad. I mean, I don't know what the wind chill is probably close to zero that day, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the actual, the air temperature, I think that day was like minus six. Oh, so, That's you know, nowadays they might not even have that race. Yeah, you know, probably, probably say it's just too cold. <laughs> we'll cancel the race yeah. back then. It was like, yeah, well, it was a tough luck yep. <laughs> guy from Arizona won it. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, listen, if you like what you hear here, um, and you, you either want to hear more, um, maybe you want to hear more about your Christian faith. We talk about that on our other podcast, our run for God run club podcast. Uh, it, it may be the place for you. The run for God run club may be the place for you. 
Um, you know, Run for God is now a part of Upward Sports. If you're familiar with them, you kind of know kind of their heart. That's kind of that's that we're we're in that same vein. Um, we have training plans. We have tons of encouragement to keep your running on track. Um, we all struggle to stay motivated at times. And uh, the Run for God Run Club will help keep you going. Um, they're a great, encouraging group. Um, and, you know, from a competitive standpoint, we can help you get to that next goal. Um, right now, we're in the middle of developing what I think will be maybe the best training platform for any runner anywhere in the future. Um, as far as an online uh, training uh, system. Um, now, we're still some time away from that, but that we're, we're going to be there before you know it. Um, if you would like to know more about Run for God, uh, the Run for God Run Club, you can go to runforgod.com um, and, and check us out and uh, and learn some more. So, well, Co, as always, man, love talking running with you. Uh, I love your passion for running because um, you're one of the few guys I talk to that uh, is as passionate about it as I am. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good thing. So uh, that's great. And we hope that if you're out there listening, that you're passionate too. So any part, any, any real wise parting words you got for these folks, Co? It's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I liked what you said at the beginning about uh, the, the best part about running the cold is the sidewalks are less crowded. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, until next time, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.